Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Knights of the Beard Stable Podcast Network. This is an all-new pilot episode relating to sports with your good friends, Dan and Killian. How are we doing, Killian? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, just lovely. You know, just going over a bunch of sports stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yep, coming off... uh Pretty heartbreaking loss for me as far as fantasy football. Yeah. But kind of redeem myself because apparently I won the picks in my pool this week. So there's another 50 bucks in my pocket. All NFL stuffs. Yeah, you know, just picking each game of the week and uh, the score of the last game, so... Did you win that one we were watching the other night, Monday, yesterday? Um, I know you were hoping that nobody got any more points because you were only like two or three points off. I think uh, what I talked to my buddy today, and he said even though they got more points, uh, I was still the closest. It was between me and another guy who had the same record as far as the picks for this week, but my points total was closer, so I had the tiebreaker on that. Nice. Cool stuffs. Mm-hmm. Well, just looking at the uh, rough standings here for the NFL. We're uh, three weeks into the season. Got a couple three nos, a couple zero and threes. So about where you'd expect for only this far into the season. Uh, I mean, I personally think it's uh, there's six zero and three teams. I feel like that's a lot. Yeah, for being three weeks in the season. I mean, there's always expected like one or two, but six is just pretty crazy. And some of the teams are actually very surprising when you're talking about um, Redskins coming off their great finish last season. Um, you're talking about the Giants, who are tend to be Super Bowl contenders every year, potentially, or 0-3. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, granted, we kind of expect them to not do as well. Or but no do. one expects them to hit a 0-3 start. Yeah, an 0-3. Um, That's a rough start for any team, especially, yeah. especially like a team like Pittsburgh. But one you always do expect that from is Jacksonville's depressing little. Yep. <laughs> Jacksonville's kind of, you know, you, it's kind of a, a given. I mean, week one they scored a total of two whole points. Yeah. So Tampa Bay, another 0-3. Mm-hmm. Minnesota is that one's a little bit surprising to me. It is because they they've done decently well in in the games they've been in. Like I said, like Adrian Peterson is like top five in the league in rushing as of right now. You know, and Ponder's doing okay. He has moments where you're like, okay, he could be our future quarterback, and then he has moments where you're like, uh, I just I don't know, but. I think overall it's their defense that has, has been lacking. They've just allowed way too many points so far. It's been allowing scoring opportunities for people. Oh. Yeah, who do you think, uh, we were talking about this a few minutes ago, uh, who do you think has a chance to pull it out and be a serious contender? Because uh, the NFC East as a whole is usually a dominant force in the NFL, and this season as a whole, they're barely scraping by. Yeah. Dallas is their best team, and they're not. They're two and one, and they're they're not very solid. I don't have a lot of faith in them this season, like I thought I would. Um, AFCs as a, AFCs usually the kind of lesser 
conference, but they're, they've got a lot of teams stepping up this season. I mean, Denver is going to be dominant. Patriots are always kind of hanging in there and they're three and zero right now. So they're doing it, but Miami, where the fuck are they coming from? Yeah. The Miami, uh, granted their schedule hasn't been all that tough, but it hasn't been really a cakewalk yet. Um, Tannehill um, has been doing particularly well at the, from the quarterback position, so that could very well be interesting. And the fact that New England, um, yeah, they are three and zero, but they have not looked particularly great. You know, barely getting into like twenty plus points a game. A couple of their wins were, you know, with seventeen points and so forth. It's just they don't look like the usual New England um, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Duo that we're used to. Well, Tom Brady's been there for a long time. Bill Belichick's been there for a long time. They lost a big asset over the off season in Wes Welker, who's now working with Peyton Manning in Denver. Which he, they, the two have been dominant. You know, been a really solid uh, matchup this season, especially that first game. And people were wondering whether Peyton Manning was going to be able to, you know, come back after the big surgery that he had uh last season he didn't play that was the season before last season before he well he wasn't doing good last season or wasn't as dominant you know everyone thought he kind of lost his edge but with that first game denver played this season him and west welker hooked up a lot and put a lot of points on the board and showed that they can make some stuff happen oh yeah well i mean they uh they were worried about his uh, what seems to be uh, lacking is obviously the the knowledge and the play recognition and stuff like that. Like he didn't, uh, Peyton Manning hadn't lost a step in that regard last season. It was just um, getting that back to full games. Like his arm strength wasn't quite there, and that's what seems to really be uh, noticeable difference is his arm strength this season compared to last season. So. I mean, even you can never rule them. I mean, they went to the uh, the AFC Championship game last year against the Baltimore, and they lost in the final drive. Had their def- you know, that one play where Champ Bailey gets burned, you know, uh, you take away that play, they could be going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. Instead, they, that one play turns around, and Baltimore goes on to win against the 49ers. So, it's I wouldn't say that, that Manning had a bad season by any means. He had a really great season, and I mean, it was a fresh new team which is really interesting so um so you the fact that they did so well under a brand new team uh was really good the um uh this, this, i guess it just wasn't what people were expecting from them maybe yeah this uh this season is really i mean obviously picking up uh, offensive weapon like Wes Welker, like his kind of go-to guy, definitely helps as in the wide receiver position. But they're running. Peyton Manning has got them running this, you know, high-tempo, hurry-up offense, no huddle offense, and they've they're constantly perfecting it. Week like they're three weeks in, and we're like, it, it looks like nobody's going to be able to stop this offense. And after every game, as usual. Peyton Manning's humble self is talking about, yeah, well, we missed the third down, we fumbled one, this, that, and the other. They're still room for improvement, you know. We're looking at it like they're unbeatable, and he's just like, yeah, we can do better. And it wasn't just the hurry-up offense that we saw, uh, but a wide variety of 
back like uh, spread, like where he had his people put, where the people were placed, where receivers were, how everyone lined up on the line. Like it, they kept changing it around. Uh, oh yeah, a lot of different looks, different formations, different packages. It was very much just uh, just to mix it up. And the other cool thing I was watching after that game and seeing is just. They were doing a lot of dummy calls. Like they were, they knew what defenses were looking for, and they were playing into it. There was one example of him uh, punching his, like uh, punching his fist to his hand, like um, it's like six or seven quick times. That's like the, it's kind of a known in the league as that's a corner route. Like for he looks over to his wide receiver, punches his hand really quick a bunch of times and they're like, okay, corner route. So then all of a sudden the cornerback is like, okay, he's going to a corner route. Well then all of a sudden they fake the corner route and go to the post. And, you know, there was Wes Walker wide open in the backfield. And uh, it's just, they're just one step ahead of everybody at this point. And I don't, I don't see that changing. The only question becomes is can he – he is 37 years old. Uh, just before the Super Bowl, Have if they make it that far, he will be 38 years old. Um, the old man in the Super Bowl. Can he sustain this energy and tempo and uh, just focus? Uh, I think he has the potential um, – the only thing is, is he going to end up burning himself out on it, being that he is older, uh, and that would be my concern. As if I were, you know, in a coaching position, would be like, if I push him too hard, push him too hard in there earlier in the season. By the time we get to playoffs, is he going to have be able to maintain that momentum? Uh, he definitely knows how to do it, but getting older, it's not a matter of knowing how. Now you know how, but can you actually do it anymore? Yeah, it, it, and like very much so with Peyton Manning, like you know, as far as his just working or like reviewing plays and watching film and just working at his craft and mastering his craft, is he going to burn himself out? Really? Like, is he going to be able to? like focus in on creating a game plan week in and week out for the next 17, 18 weeks, you know, if, if they make it that far into the postseason. So it'd be interesting to watch for sure. Yeah. He, he, uh, he is a man who knows how to get it done. But like I said, now it's a matter of, it's going to be a matter of the team, him and the team, uh, maintaining that momentum through, the rest of the season and potentially into the postseason, which I think I see them in the postseason. Uh, how far they get into it, that's going to be, you know, we're only in week three, so it's going to be hard to tell from right now how far they'll get to it. But it's, I see them getting at least into the postseason and into that uh, first round, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, going uh, going back to New England, um like with their struggles, they are three and zero, and they're pulling off wins. And you know, Belichick has been known for his masterful uh, defensive schemes. So he, um, well, New England's pretty universally known for not having a great defense. They're they're usually known for being a point race team. Their team gets. It's not that they hold you down; it's that they just happen to score more points than you, and don't give up. You know. Enough to beat themselves for the, for the most kind of most people. I mean, I, like I've never known them to be a solid defense. They've always been a sketchy on the defense. I, I won't say solid, but I will say 
that um, as far as with their no-name defenses, I'm talking about within this past decade, you know, you know, maybe a little earlier, but um, it's he seems to put call plays and put players in positions to get them to win games, even with a no-name defense. Like with, you know, I mean, you got Wilford at, at the defensive tackle, and then I mean, I would, I would like, I'd be surprised to hear some other people name anybody else uh, on that New England defense, but. With that being, that's what I was saying is they're, they're at three and zero, and they have they're I don't even know, but they have not scored that many points this year, and that can be accredited for Bill Belichick's defensive scheme. So I mean, like Tom Brady is hurting right now on offense because he doesn't have any real weapons to throw to. Uh, they don't have much of a run game, and they really don't. He has all these young wide receivers and tight ends and inexperience, and they're just it's hard to get any kind of rhythm going, so. But they have still managed to pull off wins, and they are currently three zero. Yeah. Uh, back to the zero and three teams. Like, who do we think is going to be able to pull something out? We got Redskins zero and three, Giants zero and three, Minnesota, Tampa Bay. Let's see Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. Do we see any of these guys being a? a Potential, you know, threat to maybe a wild card spot or being a solid. Uh... Well, if you're talking postseason, um, it's interesting. Uh, teams that start zero and two. Um, I don't know what the stat is for zero and three, but I'm sure it's even worse. But the teams that start zero and two, only twelve percent go on to make the playoffs, and that's in the history of the NFL. So I'm sure that's even a smaller percentage. The funny thing is. Um, I mean, you, you really got two different questions. Like, who do you think is the better or the best 0-3 team? And who do you think is more likely to make the playoffs and have a run possibly in the play or just make playoffs in general? Um, I, won't, I don't think Washington or New York, New York Giants, are the best 0-3 team by, by a stretch, by any means. But how shady that division is, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, that division is so far... Like is easily up for grabs by any four teams. Like you have a very shoddy two and one Dallas leading that division right now. You have a Philadelphia that is one and two, and they're just they're, they're scraping by. They're scraping by, and then obviously like with Alfred Morris and uh, you know RG three and a couple other a lot of big name guys that did not get the reps in preseason. Like it the the play. It's just rusty right now. It looks very rusty. Granted, uh, RG3 is the fifth leading passer in the league right now as far as passing yards. So, I mean, they're getting yards. It's just their defense is allowing way too many points. But with that being said, both of those teams have a real shot at winning the division and going to the playoffs. Not even a wild card, but winning the division. And that's just, like you said, by nature of being a terrible division this year. Yeah. Um, as far as the best own three team, I I, I really think um, I don't know. I, I I like Tampa Bay. It's just Freeman can't seem to pull anything together, and I do like Minnesota. Um, I I like you, you think know Christian but, Ponder's gonna be able to put together an offense. They have the weapons there. I mean, obviously losing Percy Harvin is. Uh, it, 
that's a big hit. But, I mean, you, when you have an offensive line like that and Adrian Peterson in the back, excuse me, in the backfield, uh, you know, I really can't count them out. Well, uh, they're going up against Pittsburgh, the other, another 0-3 next week. So who do you see winning that match? Um, between Minnesota and Pittsburgh? Yes. Um, that's going to be, uh, I mean, I would pick Minnesota personally, but uh, Pittsburgh is just, they're, they're pretty bad. To me, they're down there with almost as bad as Jacksonville. Whew. Yeah. That's painful. Yeah, they just, they don't have any weapon. Like, besides Big Ben, who's obviously getting older, you know. Getting hit just as much, it seems. Yeah, that oh, there's just too many questions in the offensive line. They don't have anybody in the run game. I mean, obviously, they don't have no Sean Marino or, you know, anymore. Um, and they, they don't have any weapons at the wide receiver position. And a lot of... Their defense has gotten a little retired, so I just, I, I don't know. I feel like they're about to be in a rebuilding year rather than a Super Bowl contender year. Just saving up some cash for next season, <laughs> maybe. I, I mean, they're going to have to start building from scratch because there's just a lot of holes to fill. Do you and, think- by, and by the time you turn it around... Big Ben's going to be, you know, mid-30s, so. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask, is do you think Big Big Ben has, you know, how many how many more seasons do you think he's got in him? He, uh, like I say, he's getting older. He He's known for taking lots of hits, lots and lots of hits. He takes just more hits than anybody else. Like, very much so. they're going to catch up to him yeah. if he doesn't get, even if, you know, he's not super old. It's just quantity-wise, he, he takes hits. Yeah, yep. People love him for it, but it's also, I mean, you're a quarterback. You got to throw, man. You got to, yeah. If you don't have a, a good solid uh, line, it's not just for him, but you're not going to be able to get a running game going if you don't have a solid line that can protect the quarterback, too. Yeah. Well, with, with Big Ben, it's always been, I mean, obviously there have been questions about their offensive line, but, I mean, you can't really expect those guys to hold a block for like five, six, seven eight seconds like big ben is just known for really extending the play and he just keeps hanging around back there hanging around back there and then i'm like you're i mean if you continue to hold the ball and don't get it out of your hand i mean what do you expect you're gonna get hit you're gonna take hits like these guys can't hold the block forever so a a part i mean part of it is to blame on the o-line but a, a large part of it is also to blame on big ben so no blame to go around. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. I mean, as far as do you see any of these zero and three making a real run, like a good solid run into the playoffs, like hitting the playoffs and then continuing on making a no good effort. Uh, I personally, I, I don't see any any team that is zero and three right now, on um, the way they're playing, really extending and making a, a a Super Bowl. Run potentially. Well, let's look at all these three and O teams, and do you see any of them that's having maybe like a fluke going on, and they're they're eventually they're going to fall out? Um, We've got the, the, uh, the biggest one that stands out to me is uh, Kansas City. Um, they are three and O, and they're tied with Denver for that division. Um, their schedule has been very 
week so far. They opened up against Jacksonville, who scored a total of two points. That was their first win. Uh, they beat a kind of shoddy Dallas, seventeen to sixteen. You you know, like you yeah. score seventeen points and you win, and that was like a last minute drive or something for that. Yeah, they didn't win that by a mile. No, it was like a field goal. I I don't know. Yeah, I think it was like a field goal. It was just you scrape by and beat a shoddy Dallas, and then you beat a very it looked like almost dead Philadelphia team. And it's funny because Philadelphia came off of that first game and everyone was all excited about the oh, yeah, new yeah. offense and even i was kind of sucked into it for a little while there i was like all right this is gonna maybe change things up maybe open up some new play styles for the nfl and yeah these, you know. this high tempo college style offense and it fell apart the only problem with that is this isn't college you don't have these 80 plus man rosters you have a 52 or 60 man roster whatever it is now and uh you, you're not rotating guys in and out in every position like you are in college. Like it's these guys are going to get burned out. You, know, you have a quarterback that runs that much; he's going to get burned out. Like these offensive line guys are going to get burned out. So it, he needs to figure out a way to make it work. But the conditioning—I don't know if it's there. And I don't know. To me, it's almost like a gimmick at this point. I mean, there, it shows potential, but it's not. It's kind of like all the rookies did last year, all the rookie quarterbacks when they were all running the ball. Yeah, it's really cool, and it makes it really exciting for a season or two, but eventually these people are going to get hit once or twice like you saw with RG3, and he got fucked up, and boom, he's out for, you know, the rest of the, you know, he got himself hurt, and big surgery couldn't play in any of the preseason you know he got himself taken out and now you already see i don't know if that's because he's still you know shaky on that knee or if he's really just uh scared of running now for or not necessarily scared but more conservative with his running that he's uh he's not running the ball as much as he did last season by a long shot he still has a brace on that knee uh, playing and even if he gets it off, I don't. Do you see him picking up and running like he did last season, or is it going to be drawn well, back a lot? He came out. Uh, it was, I'm pretty sure it was this week or uh, recently, within a week. He came out and said he wants to be a pocket passer. He doesn't want to be that gimmicky um, scrambler, um, you know, read option quarterback that we saw in the first year yeah the read option was awesome and it got wins um because of him and it got rushing yards for alfred morris and like it worked really well because it was pretty new and fresh to all these teams but uh a lot of it has to do with the play calling is they one they don't want him to run and two he wants to become a pocket passer because um, quarterbacks like uh, like that, um, they come and go. Um, but if you want to really sustain yourself in this league and kind of, you know, put your footing in this league and be a quarterback for years to come, you, I think you have to be become a pocket passer, and that's what he wants. So, alrighty. What about uh, Seattle? We got uh, Russell Wilson up there, still doing his thing. They're three zero. They play. They played uh, Carolina, San Francisco. That San Francisco beating was surprising. Twenty-nine to three. Uh, 
really surprising. I mean, well, I I feel like it's the it was the same thing as the Redskins last year. It was this read option kind of style gimmick, and uh, one of the, I don't know, I was listening to somebody talk about it, and he was just talking about how the NFL is very much a very adaptive league, like. You show them something like once or twice, and then before you know it, the whole league's going to have it figured out. Like one team, they're going to watch film from other teams playing it, and they're going to see what worked and what didn't work. And within a few weeks, like it, I mean, it shot up mid-season because these guys kind of came, like RG3 started, but Kaepernick came in late in the season, and, you know, it came as, it was something new and different. Well, now they've had all season two you know, break down the film tape because there's plenty of film tape between, you know, Washington, um, 49ers, and uh, even the Seahawks ran some read options, triple options, uh, design plays. So they're, the league isn't, like, just like the Wildcat, just like, you know, all these other kind of gimmick offenses that come in the league, they're going to figure it out. And then you're going to have to go back to the conventional that has worked run the ball, play action, Boy. type of stuff. <laughs> Boring, predictable, but unfortunately, uh, well, not unfortunately, fortunately, whatever you say, it's it's effective for a lot of teams to do that. And like you say, every year, the, every couple of years, you get the ones that shake things up and then a couple games and do it. I mean, this is, this is their job. They're not in college anymore. This is their job now. So they have seven days a week to – watch tapes and pay attention and, you know, learn, learn and talk and figure out how to beat it. So it'll last for a little while and then it'll fade away. Yeah, I mean, like, probably like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago when, you know, the whole Wildcat shot up in uh, Miami and it was like this new thing and then we had these discussions like, is everybody going to start using the Wildcat because they were having so much success with it? And then before you know it, you know, the league teams and organizations figured out how to stop it, and then nobody really runs the Wildcat anymore. Uh, so who do you think are some solid con- – uh, who do you see that is going to be in the playoffs this year? Like, who would you say is someone you can almost guarantee is going to be a playoff team this year, just overall out of the whole league? Who are some people you're looking forward to seeing? Um, uh, obviously, if if – if Denver can sustain this kind of tempo and this kind of offense, I don't see anybody stopping them at this point. Um, you know, Baltimore beat them last year in the playoffs, the AFC Championship game. Obviously, Baltimore doesn't have their defense by any means anymore. Um, the only team that I could see potentially with a secondary that could beat them would be uh, uh, the Seahawks. And that could be a very interesting, but as of right, like I could see that being a potential Super Bowl game would be Denver versus Seattle. Um, as of right now, just from what I see, I mean there are definitely some teams that can compete, and they could definitely make some upsets in the playoffs. But I don't see anybody except maybe Seattle stopping that offense in Denver at the moment. So, who do you see as the final four? Let's just make a wild-ass prediction. Who's your final four for uh, playoffs this year? Um, uh, Seattle and, uh, yeah, Seattle and New Orleans. 
Think think uh, Drew Brees is going to kick some ass again? Yeah, um, they're they're looking pretty strong with Sean Payton back on the head coach. So, not that he's not paying people to kill the other team. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I'm, I like Denver and uh, uh, Denver and. I don't know. Uh, it's really competitive. Like, Houston looks like, I mean, every season they look like they have potential. They just don't really do anything in the playoffs. Uh, Baltimore's still in there, but I don't really see them, you know, doing making a run for it again. Cincinnati has a young squad. They look like they could potentially have some, you know, make a pretty good run at it. And, uh, I mean, there's also New England uh, that just... I mean, you can't roll them out for anything. So, but I could see a Denver New England NFC or AFC Championship game. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I'd like to see Chicago get some stuff together. I don't know if Jay Cutler has it in him though. Um, I mean, they're not, they're not, they they they're not, they don't have a strong. They're a three and zero lead, but. The only team that's really was substantial for them that they beat was the uh, was Cincinnati, who seemed to have a good game going for a while. But it, I don't know. I would, I would like to see Chicago make something happen this year. Uh, Cincinnati is interesting. Um, I don't know. I would like to see San Francisco Cisco make another run at it again. Um, but other than that, the NFC is the NFC as a whole is kind of weak this year. Uh, Green Bay was always a shoe in for me, but I don't know what's happening this year. The Packers can't get their shit together, so I don't see that being. I don't see them getting into the uh, late rounds of the playoffs. They might get in the playoffs, but not very far. Uh, as far as AFC. I would love to see Houston in there. I'm a t- Titans fan, so it would be nice to see them. But I don't know if that they that they have the uh, the legs to to make it that you know be able to maintain a winning percentage to get them into the playoffs. Denver, I see as a solid shoe in for playoffs and potential uh, Super Bowl players. And uh, other than that. I don't know. It's it's more. It seems more spread out this year than usual, or at least more competitive. Maybe that's just my perception of it. But the way I'm, the uh, the way I'm seeing it, that just seems to, it just seems to be more spread out than you know. There's not one breakout team that's going. You know, everyone's going. Holy crap! Here it goes. You know, you don't have anyone that is uh, saying who's going to get the 16-0 this year. There's no team that no one's really. I haven't heard the conversation yet, at least. Uh, it's too early to have that conversation, but I think the the, the Broncos would be the only team that would be in that discussion at this point. And I, I mean, I wouldn't. They had the discussion about is there a team that can stop this offense, and none of uh, the analysts that I was watching could pick a defense that could stop that offense. So. Do, you, do you see a defense that can uh, that could stop Peyton Manning, Wes Welker, Noshawn Marino? You see someone who could, uh, someone who has a defense that's solid enough to make that happen? No. <laughs> I just I think Peyton Manning's too smart. He's just one step ahead of everybody. 
He is very football-minded. He is very smart when it comes to uh, football stuff. I don't know what is in the uh, Manning genes that makes it so prevalent. But uh, And what about uh, Eli Manning? I mean, what's happening with him? He just seems to, I don't know, he seems to have fallen apart this season. You usually expect him to at least be around, but they're 0-3 right now. And I don't see that changing dramatically any time in the near future. Uh, Eli Manning, for me, has always been one guy that you can solidly count on. You know, everyone knows he's, the last five minutes of a game, there's no, there's very rarely a, a quarterback you want more than Eli Manning in the last five minutes of the game. It's the other 55 minutes you have to worry about. Uh, what do you think about that and how that's developed? How he's kind of, I don't know, he seems to have fallen off the, uh, the, the edge. Um, yeah, uh, he doesn't, I don't know. Obviously, he's not so far this season having as good of a season, but I, th- I feel like it's we can't really just pinpoint him as far as their faults because it is very much just across the board as far as, you know, starts with the O-line to the run game is not doing anything to the play calling um, on the offense to the defense. You know, as far as their secondary and their run stopping, and there's just a lot of work to be done. So I don't know if you can really pick on Eli specifically, but yeah, he's not having that good of a year yet. So okay, yeah. all right. Well, I think we covered NFL pretty solidly. Any picks? Any ideas as far as this upcoming week? You know, um, as far as like good games and stuff. I mean, you got Redskins versus Raiders, 0-3 versus 1-2. Fun, fun. Um, should be a, a good game. Uh, Let's see, we got San Francisco, Thursday night game is going to be San Francisco at St. Louis, which that might be a little bit interesting. Uh, the Bears versus Lions uh, should be a pretty good game, I think. Um, I mean, it's a division game, so it's going to be... Yeah, pretty interesting. Um, I mean, Philadelphia Denver is going to be a, <laughs> a just going to Peyton Man is going to show off what he can do against this poor pitiful Philadelphia Eagles defense. Um, Dallas at San Diego might have some interesting stuff, but uh, I don't know. It seems kind of a slow week from what I'm looking at here on the schedule. Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston might be good. Seattle at Houston might be real good, actually. Um, let's see. Yeah, it looks kind of slower than that. Mm-hmm. Tennessee at Jets. Nah. Redskins at Ra- Raiders, like you said. Uh, New England at Atlanta. I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed with Atlanta. They're uh, one and two right now. Um, what about you? You see any uh, highlights on the uh, on this week's uh, agenda? <laughs> you see? So, sorry, I'm reading. <laughs> uh, you see any highlights on this week's schedule? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, there's a couple good games. I mean, you, I 
every week I've been surprised. There's been some really good games. I mean, it's such a competitive league, and there's no standout. So I think, I mean, regardless of schedule, every game is going to be competitive. The game that's going to be interesting to see is something like a, um, you know, the the Texans versus the Seahawks should be a pretty competitive two above average teams playing against each other. Um, uh, you got two three and O teams Monday night against the Dolphins and the Saints. Um, and then you've got two O and three teams in Pittsburgh and uh, Minnesota. So there's definitely some. Ga- I just, I mean, there'll be some good games. So it should be fun to watch. Yeah, that's the thing that's kind of interested me. It's the schedules never haven't really looked great this season, but then when you watch the games, they all they they have really stood out a little bit. You know, oh, I didn't think this was going to be a really good game, but damn, this was a wa- you know, this is a fight. And then some of the games you expected to be good just end up being a whooping. I mean, the Niners getting their ass handed to them, no one expected that at all, you know. So we should uh, just pay attention, kids. Might be some good football out there. Uh, Anyways, uh, moving on to uh, baseball, looks like... uh, Michael Walker um, had a no-hitter going into uh, the top of the ninth. And then with uh, two outs or one out to go in the, in the top of the ninth, which would have sealed the game for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, he actually got a hit. So close. Ah, that would have been, so, been so cool to see a no-hitter, but... Anyways, uh, we're getting to crunch time as far as the MLB goes. Only a few more games left, and then we're going to be into the postseason. A lot of teams have already clinched. Um, um, Boston's clinched. I believe Cincinnati Reds have clinched. Uh, Atlanta Braves has clinched. Um, I don't play as much close attention to baseball, but how's Atlanta been doing? Because I remember they were, uh, back when I was in you know the 90s, back when I was a kid, uh, they were the team to watch. Uh, how they've been doing these last few years? I haven't heard their name thrown around very much. Uh, the last few years, um, not so much. Not since the '90s, they haven't really done anything. But this year, uh, they, the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but this year they they picked up some really big acquisitions. Two local boys, BJ and Justin Upton. Uh, they're from Chesapeake, Virginia. Yeah, the names seem familiar. Yeah, the Upton brothers, but they picked those guys up. Um, Jason Hayward came back, also in the outfields. They had a really deep outfield, some really big bats. I believe um, they pro- I, I think they f- they're going to finish the season pretty close to like the second best record in the league. Um, I know Boston, I believe, still has the best record in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Which is your team? Yeah. So, but. Yeah, it's cool seeing, uh, you know, let's see, Boston clinched, Oakland A's clinched. That's, haven't heard that name in a while. Atlanta Not clinched. Not since, uh, Moneyball with Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, Atlanta clinched, and looks like, uh, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati all clinched from that NL Central, which is pretty, Pretty interesting. That is a very competitive division. St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. 
that's I guess if they didn't have to play each other 19, 20 times a year, then their records could have easily been much better. Now, one of the my dad likes the NFL just because they only have sixteen games and every game does matter. Versus a baseball, how many games is in their regular season? One hundred sixty-two. One hundred sixty-two in a regular season. Do you think that's too much, or do you think it's fine? I I, I think it is too much, but from a money a business standpoint, you know that's you know eighty-one games. You're putting fans in the seat, so. Um, well, but, how, how many would you say if it was up to you? Okay, we're going to change it from 162. Which, what's your number? What would you like to see? Uh, you know, that's hard to say. I would, I would seriously... I mean, I would definitely... I think 162 is a little too much. But at the same time, I wouldn't want to go too low. Like, I'm, I'm definitely not cutting the season in half. Like, just of how baseball itself is set up like and you have rotations and injuries and stuff like that and you have different lineups and stuff like so you need those multiple games to get different looks and uh, stuff like that so I, I definitely I don't know I just I mean I can't really put a number on it so I'm just going to stick with how it is <laughs> well it just makes it boring because I don't need to watch you know every game and so I end up not watching any of them because none of them are really clinchers. Oh, this is the one. If they make this win, then they're they're going to make a big push for the rest of the season. Like, well, there's too yeah, many games I mean, like that. Uh, yeah, that's very much so. Like, it's hard. Like, even for me as a baseball fan, it's hard for me to watch a full game during the regular season unless it's, like, right before the playoffs, like this time of year. You know, it's... It's not very meaningful until like, it gets teams a, going. One, one or two games can mean the difference between playoffs and not playoffs when you get down to crunch time. Yeah, I feel like most fans, uh, as far as baseball, basketball, and NHL, are the same way. They don't really watch, for the most part, until playoff gets here. And that's partly because there are too many games. The only argument you can make for baseball is the fact that they have like a rotation of pitchers. So you need more games where... Basketball and NHL, it's pretty much the same lineup, night in and night out. So why do you need 81, 82 game seasons? So, but. Well, so uh, who do you see as being the, uh, someone you could see in the uh, MLB uh, final series, the uh, World Series? You know, as far as this year, like the only two that have been, um, nobody's really been that much of a standout that it's I I have no idea um, like obviously Boston they have had their big bats but at the same time they've had their moments where they haven't you know it's been you know kind of dry they just they have the uh, highest win percentage in the league like you were saying this point six oh five is their win percentage right now yeah the Red um, Sox yeah, the uh, next closest one is uh, the Atlanta Braves at five nine two. Yeah, I feel like those are like the two teams. Oh, wait, no, that's not. I take that back. Five nine nine Oakland A's. St. Louis Cardinals have a better record at this point. Hmm. As far as win percentage, so 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, nobody has been, like, that much of a standout. Like, um, well, you know, I'm not sure if they're going to make the postseason, but Tampa Bay is not that far off, you know. Um, the New York Yankees definitely fell off this year. Um, so, I mean, it's it's really definitely too hard to say. Like, there's just some teams show up in the postseason and other teams don't, like, like I said, you just have to watch night in and night out and see what, see what happens. But the only two teams that have been kind of consistent throughout the whole year were Boston and Atlanta, in my opinion. Um, obviously, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis, they were good for the majority of the season. Obviously, they got, you know, 90-plus wins. But, um, you know, they've had their moments of doubt. And I just don't see their squad as being... Um, as far as Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, at least, I don't see their squad as being, uh, you know, have have as much depth. But at the same time, like you said in that Moneyball movie, it's not about these flashy players and stuff. It's about manufacturing runs in baseball. And you know, if you can figure out ways to get the guys and get the guys home, then who cares who's in your lineup? You know, as long as you got a good on base percentage. That's when you break sports down into numbers. Do you think that's good or bad to break it down into just statistics or should you go on your gut sometime? Like, you know, you know I how feel, does that factor I in? I feel like, I, for me, it would be there would, there would need to be a hybrid because uh, as far as baseball, is very much an analytical game. As far as, like, this percentage of the time and this kind of count, with when we're down by this many runs, this pitcher throws this pitch, you know. So you go with your percentages, and it's that kind of ball game that they're talking about, and you know, to try to get hits and stuff like that. And like, it's very much an analytical game to an extent, but you can't factor in the human element to the analytics, the X factor. Yeah, like it's so. I mean, you have you can't. Count factor in the fact that one night, um, Cluster is just having an off night. Like, you know, he's a stud. Like, you can't, it's hard for people to fathom that he could have a bad night. Something's on his mind, whatever else. I mean, he is human. Or you have other nights when, you know, you get, uh, as far as the lineup, like late deep in the lineup, you're getting hits from all these guys you normally wouldn't expect hits from. You just can't factor that in. Maybe he's just having a hot night. So I like the numbers thing in baseball, but when it doesn't go with the numbers, sometimes you just have to go with what's hot and what's not. Cool. So, um, but we'll I'll be, keep more posted once the postseason starts. I'll start to follow baseball a little bit more. Cool. Alrighty. Well, uh, other sports. NHL is about to start. They're doing preseason, which I'm kind of. I like NHL. I'll follow as, as closely as I, you know, would like to. I just have other things popping up. But uh, it'd be interesting to follow that. Was once the uh, once the regular season starts off, we're definitely going to be covering the NHL a little bit closer, uh, or at least I will. Um, Let's see, what are we looking at here for uh, preseason standings? we got some wins, Toronto, Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay, Boston. Uh, they're all 4-1. and one. 
And then in the Western Conference, the only one that's 4-1, and one, it looks like, is Edmonton. Sad story. But these are all preseason, so who knows how much we can actually rely on these. You know, not very well. But let's see if we can find some other things. We're going to follow that as the uh, season kicks off. I don't feel like we can talk too much about it right now, educated-wise. But uh, something you are you are interested in is uh, the English Premier League soccer, football. Yeah, yeah EPL is underway. Um, we are only four games, five games into the season for most teams, but um, it's it, it's been fun. I've seen some good games. Yeah. Uh, was it Arsenal and uh, who's it? Liverpool? Was that who's on top? Yep. I'm pretty sure it's Arsenal and Liverpool on top of the, uh, the board right now. You are a Chelsea fan, devout Chelsea fan. Yes. You slept in a uh, Man U room at one point. Mm-hmm. I saw posted online. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, uh, yeah, I was staying the night at uh, a friend's sister's house in Charlottesville, and her do- or her son, who was, uh, you know, he's 11 years old, I believe, and uh, he's a devout Man U fan. Uh, his dad is uh, from somewhere in England, I can't remember where, but it's, uh, so he kind of got that from his father, but... Man U, I just, I view Man U like I view the New York Yankees. Um, they just bought their team. They bought their team and they just have a ton of money and so they buy the best players and there you go. <laughs> and that's why they have all these championships year in and year out, so. Very well. Yeah, but I mean, soccer is kind of a deep season as well. I mean, they play soccer like ten months out of the year, and the two months that they're not playing soccer, they're playing soccer. They're practicing. And they're you know doing these international tour tournaments, like fudge tournaments. Yeah. So, but it's very early in the season for EPL, and um, that includes uh, Italian Premier League, Spanish Premier League, uh, Bundesliga. Um, and they haven't really got too deep as far as any of the UEFA Cups, whether the Euro Cup or the uh, Champions League. The way we can talk about, though, is um, the U.S. men's national team has qualified. Yes, they beat out uh, Mexico, long rivalry. And uh, so we're coming up on, what is it, Brazil, the... uh, uh, FIFA yep. World Cup. Brazil 2014. So, um, yeah, next year, next summer, we're going to have World Cup games. So, But uh, a bunch of teams have already started to qualify. I think there's eight teams so far. I don't have the list in front of me. But uh, looks, let's see here. Listening to Dead Air. Yeah. Brought to you by Knights of the Village Table. Yeah, there's all these tables as far as... Trying to find the relevant 
tables here that'll tell us the information. I believe... Oh, shit. This is not helpful. (laughs) ESPN, you need to get your soccer shit together. Yeah. Can't figure out what the fuck I'm looking uh, at. Not enough people watch ESPN in this country, or soccer in this country for them to devote time to their soccer website. That's the World Cup, man. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's pretty cool, though. Um, Four cities will host games, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I don't. I just know. I'm. I'm sure there's like eight or nine teams that have locked in. Not all teams are locked in yet. I believe it's. Uh, if I remember correctly, eight brackets of f- four. And then, yeah, if if I remember correctly, thirty-two teams get into the World Cup. And there's like a hundred. Was it sixty something or eighty something countries in the world? Oh, as far as teams, I don't know. But as far as total countries in the entire world, it's over 300 or something. Mm, yeah, maybe it's just teams that I saw. But anyway, the fact that uh, the U.S. men's national team is qualified for the World Cup like their fifth year in a row, and this is actually going to be Landon Donovan and Clint Dempsey's fifth World Cup. Uh, time, there's only like three other players before them who have done that. There's not many U.S. names on the soccer scene that are uh, people pay attention to, but Landon Donovan is definitely one of them. Dempsey is one of them. Uh, the English gave us <laughs> Beckham, uh, Beckham far after his prime mm. for... Uh, for uh, MLS, but Beckham Henri came is still playing over here. Beckham is no longer; he has gone and then retired. But we have Henri, who came over here, and then there's been talks of other guys coming to this country to play, but that hasn't happened yet. But um, no, I'm, I'm. It's pretty cool to see the U.S. national, like just soccer as a sport, develop in this country because you know. Whereas, uh, I was For those who don't know, uh, Killian uh, refs soccer, and he played in high school, I played in high school, so we've all, soccer's been part of me in his life for a while, he's him more so than me, but uh, he definitely follows the uh, soccer closer than I do, but I'm still, I still like it, I'm still interested, I'm not one of the Americans who played at an elementary school and then <laughs> moved on, which seems to be a big fad that happens. Yeah. So, but yeah, you were saying that. So it's interesting to see the rise of popularity of soccer in the U.S. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, maybe like it is growing in popularity. Um, we're forever expanding with more teams and more players and more clubs, which is really good. Um, but to see us compete on a national level against other teams, I think, is a feat in itself. When you consider, uh, in every Pretty much every other nation, every other country in the world, their top athletes are more than likely going to be playing soccer. And then they'll go play other stuff. Where in this country, our top athletes are playing either football or basketball. Yeah. And it's it's interesting just because... Amer- the world has looked at our soccer players just as like something to laugh off 
for so long because we haven't been competitive. We mm-hmm. haven't put out a lot of players that are worth watching. Uh, and now, you know, the more we get, the further we get along in the World Cup, uh, each time it comes around, uh, the more people, you know, other countries are forced to take us a little bit more seriously. And like you say, them qualifying definitely puts us in that position where it's like, you know, we're something that we're we're not. This isn't a fluke. You know, we're we're more consistent with our play and on the world stage, like you said. And, yeah, it's it's interesting because I like because. Uh, two World Cups ago, um, World Cup uh, 2006, I believe. Um, uh, as far as our the makeup of our national team, I think there was only one or two. I think there was like literally like Clint Dempsey and one other player. Uh, it might have been Ryan Howard who have been uh, playing overseas, playing their club ball overseas in other countries like EPL and stuff like that. Whereas the following World Cup, World Cup 2010, um, I, out of our, I believe every one of our 11 starters uh, had played their club ball overseas or some form of club ball overseas. So it was just interesting to see that progression those years. And then now pretty much most of our starters, uh, I mean, obviously, um, well, they have played club ball. Obviously, Landon Donovan plays for LA Galaxy, but uh, he gets loaned out to um, uh, I can't remember now. Fulham or somebody? Uh, I don't know. But basically, EPL. huh? EP, someone in the yeah, NFL. somebody in the English Premier League. But he gets loaned out. So all these guys are like, you know, before we were just. MLS and it, it's really hard to watch when you watch an EPL game and then turn around and watch like an MLS game. It's just a different game. The skill level's not there. Like there's definitely a skill gap and it's very much present. So it's really cool to see our national team progress and we are starting to build players on a national scale that can compete, you know, overseas. I mean, we're still not going to get the player pool like the English and the Spaniards and, you know, the French and the Italians. Like, but at least now they're taking America seriously as far as we're, we're getting some solid players. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely, we, we have, we can't, you can't just breeze by the U.S. anymore. It's not, um, it just doesn't work that way. Now, as long as we can get past Ghana, you know, for once, I would like to be Ghana. I think Ghana's knocked us out two, the last two World Cups. You know, we've made it out of the group stage, um, and they've knocked us out both times. I think they knocked us out once before, too. And it's, so, whatever. We can't beat this little African country, but whatever. <laughs> <sighs> well, considering this is a pilot episode, I think we managed to draw some conversation out. Lots of NFL talk, but I think it worked. Got an hour out of it. Alright. Well, guys, thanks for listening. This is rough. This is a rough run. Yeah, a rough run. We'll have more formatted stuff later, and more than likely we'll have guests, too, to talk new topics and so so forth and whatever. Yep. So if you all have some stuff you all want to talk about, please hit us up on our uh, Twitter page, at KBT Studios, or on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash KBT Studios. Uh, this is our sports pilot episode, and hopefully by next episode we can uh, come up with a name for it. And like you said, we'll have some guests to uh, generate a little bit more discussion than just us two rambling on. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone.
Catch you all later. Bye.